Hey, friend, I don't know if you know this, but I have a new book coming out on March 5th. It's called Protect Your Peace, Non-Unapologetic Principles to Thrive in a Chaotic World. And I would love your support by pre-ordering my book. Go to TrentSheldon.com slash book. Why pre-order? Because as an author, it helps me. Get on more TV shows. The book gets in more stores. And for you, you get a whole bunch of cool free stuff that will go away soon if you don't pre-order. So go pre-order the book. Get the book. This book is going to change the world. Let's get it. Hey, yo. Welcome to today's episode of Straight Up Podcast. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you for rocking with me today. Let me tell you like this. You picked a good day to rock with me because I have a special guest, a near and dear friend to my heart, and we go all over the place today. I mean, it's a 40-minute conversation. We talk about the pressures of social media. We talk about this idea of identity foreclosure, which is crazy. We talk about how to find confidence. We talk about insecurities. We talk about loneliness. We talk about all the things, and most importantly, we talk about her new book, How Are You Really? If you don't know this amazing human is Jenna Kutcher. Jenna is doing incredible things in the world. She's been doing it for a long time. She's a close friend to me, and the conversation is just incredible. She's the host of the number one podcast, Gold Digger. She's a genius marketer, and she's an incredible mom, and she just blends all these things so well. So just sit back, relax, taking this information, apply it to your life, because it's life-changing information, and make sure you go get her new book, How are you really? Let's get it. Hey, what's up? This is Trent Shelton. Some people know me as an author, as a speaker, as an athlete. Some people know me as the guy whose videos pop up in their social media feeds. But at the end of the day, I'm simply a man on a mission. I want to help you transform your life using the exact tools I use to transform mine. I won't say I have all the answers, but I will do everything I can to help you find yours. My goal isn't to reach millions. My goal is to reach you. Welcome to Straight Up. Let's get it. Hey, what's up, everybody? I have a special guest today, Jenna Kutcher. What's up, Jenna? How you doing? I'm so good, Trent. I have to tell you that this is an interview that makes me so cool in my husband's book. So thank you so much for having me on your show. He wanted to join. <laughs> man, Drew is incredible, man. You guys are incredible. I just want to say this. Like, I usually don't talk about these things publicly um, because I feel like, you know, it, this deserves to be praised publicly. Like, you guys are people in my life that... I didn't even expect to help me so much over this last year. Mm -hmm. And I want to share this with my audience so they can just know your heart. You know, there's a lot of people that you expect things from. And, you know, I try, well, I try not to have expectations. And Mm -hmm. I can tell you this, that you are one of the people that really helped my healing this past year with just random Mm -hmm. messages and text messages that really lifted me up. And that's your heart. So I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised because that's who you are. So I just want to say thank you publicly. And I just hope everybody knows, listen to this podcast, that you are a pivotal person um, that really helped me in my healing. So thank you. Mm, well, <laughs> you're so welcome. I think it's funny because I'll think about you a lot. And I do this with my friends where a lot of times you think of someone and you don't act on it. 
And I've like noticed that it's like, no, 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 like God is saying like reach out or like send love. And so I try to be a vessel in that way. And sometimes I'm like, I'm thinking about you and I'm subliminally sending a message. Um, but I know that you're always open to receiving and I just love our friendship online and offline. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. So I want to get into this. Uh, you have a new baby coming into the. Well, you just actually had a, a baby, but you have a, an actual, a physical, yeah. Like, yeah, actual baby. <laughs> but you have a book, and that's that's coming into the world. And you know, the book title is "How Are You Doing Really?" Right? And yeah, how are you really? How? Why that title? Because first of all, it's it's powerful. Why that yeah. title? What made you want to write this book? But just like why that title? Yeah. So you are accurate in two babies at once. I'm basically yeah. calling my book and baby Quinn twins because I was birthing <laughs> them at the same time. And I hate naming things. I don't know about you, but like naming things is so tricky for me. And so I was literally days about to give birth to my second daughter and we were trying to land a title. And I kept sending out messages to people who knew me, who kind of knew the thesis of the book. And I kept describing it and I would say, it's the difference between when someone just asks you, how are you? And you're like, good, great, yeah. busy. But when you feel safe to like lean in and somebody says, hey, Trent, how are you really? And I kept saying that. And finally, someone really much smarter than I am was like, that's the title. That's it. Yeah. And it's so crazy because it's like just that one word and and just the safety and the permission to actually speak like changes absolutely everything in the conversation. And I think it's in conversations, not just with one another, but conversations with ourselves as well. A thousand percent. And it makes you dive deeper into transparency when you add that word, really, because I'm going to tell you right now. Even now, like when somebody asks me how I'm doing, I'll be like, I'm good, even though I'm far from it. I'll be like, I'm okay, even though I'm far from being okay. But when you say, how are you really? It, it shows a deeper level of, of concern from that person. And you're right. It provides yeah. a safe space. So when I heard that title, I'm like, man, that is so powerful because the world really needs that. People need to open up and really talk about the silent battles that they're going through and the things that they're dealing yes. with. And in this book, you talk about loneliness and we're mm -hmm. more alone than ever in this world, but it's crazy because we also have more connection and things more than we ever did. So you yes. have a, a powerful line in your book, and I want you to talk about it, about loneliness. Yeah, so I pulled this section up because actually, Trent, this is, this is exactly what I was thinking of when I was thinking about you. Can I just read a little paragraph? Because I think it'll be really For powerful. Sure. Okay, Absolutely. so it says, you have to show up as yourself your full, true, and whole self, naked while fully clothed. And it's one of the hardest, most important things to do, and it's one of the rarest practices in our modern, digitally tethered age. Why? Because we get this wrong over and over again. We scroll through seas of familiar faces every single day. We send Insta likes and emoji affirmations. We rely on social media to keep us, well, social. And we assume that if we're connected 24-7 to nonstop, ever-expanding networks, we'll never run the risk of being lonely. But the opposite of loneliness isn't just connection. The opposite of loneliness is being known. It's a connection mm. with people who know you, like truly know you. And here's something that's fascinating. And I love to back up all of this with um, data. And so 
A recent study cited as many as 80% of those under the age of 18 and 40% of adults over 65 years of age report being lonely. And it's this perceived social isolation. It's not objective. It's not just like being alone in a room. It's this perceived social isolation. And that's where I think a lot of us are right now. And I think that's where like the world collectively is right now. How do we change that? Um, Because, you know, I've told you offline that, and they heard me talk about this on the podcast, that for a lot of my life, and even at times now, like I will be in a crowded room and I'll still feel alone. Um, I will feel, you know, even when I'm connected to the world, millions of people, I will still feel alone. You know, sometimes I'll feel like, man, nobody really understands or nobody really cares. So in the midst of us feeling alone, right, even though we're Mm -hmm. not, um, how do we change that? Is it a thing where maybe the people we're around are the wrong people? Is it, you know, maybe we're connecting to the wrong things? Like, what's your advice on that? So one of the things that I think was a beautiful invitation, if we accepted it during the pandemic, was that suddenly we weren't able to like compartmentalize all the aspects of our life, right? Like Trent, the public speaker is also Trent, the father is also Trent, the coach. And now all of these people and all of these identities have to live under one roof. And for a lot of people that commute or have a nine to five or an office job or whatever that is, they're able to be like the work version of themselves and then the family version of themselves and then the church version of themselves and all these different versions. And it's almost like we're walking around with like multiple personality disorder because we're kind of leaning into who we think people think we are or who they think we should be. And so what I think was so beautiful about the pandemic and having kind of this recalibration was I am all of these things. I don't just wear many hats. Like I embody all of these roles. And if somebody wants to get the work version of me, they also have to understand that I'm a mother and a wife Mm -hmm. and a friend. And I want them to see all of that at play because it's not about balance anymore. I think we're all so tired of this notion of balance. It's about blending. And earlier Mm. today I was on a call and I was like coaching on zoom and I could hear the baby crying upstairs. And so I muted myself and I was like, Hey babe, just bring her down. And I'm feeding her on the live stream. And I'm like, this is me and I can do all of these things. And I'm telling you that you can value your whole self. And of course, not everyone has that privilege of doing that, but we aren't feeling fully known because we're not fully showing up. Ah, man, blending. I love that because some of the things that I talk about with balance, right? That's a question that I always get for years. Like, how do I find balance? How do I find balance? I'm like, (laughs) it's almost impossible (laughs) to find balance in a unbalanced world like there's so many things that are going to get you out of balance that even the perfect structure like there's going to be something that gets you off of that so I love the blending and you're right I think the pandemic you know with us having to be at home on zooms like dogs barking everything it's this level of like transparency so like you with your daughter on a live it's powerful I was doing a podcast yesterday my two dogs were barking like in the past like oh my gosh we got to start like hey man the dogs are barking it's all right you know so I think It's very powerful. And that's something about you, Jenna, that I see is that Mm. you show up as you, right? You wear all these titles, but you show up as you no matter what. Is that, is that been something that you've always had? Or for me, it's been, I don't want to continue to live in this prison for people that I'm trying to impress that probably don't really care as much as I think they care anyway. So what was the changing point for you, for you to show up as authentically Jenna? Yeah. I love that. I've never shared this story before. And 
I remember. So I worked in corporate America and I was told over and over and over again that I needed to look the part that I wanted to play. Mm. And I didn't understand. Mm. Like I am a, like a cis able-bodied white woman who would just throw her hair up in a messy bun. And they almost were telling me like, you need to curl your hair and wear high heels and you need to look the part you want to play. And I was like, nobody asked me if I would cast myself in that role anyways. And to me, I was like, I'm already working 10 hours a day. I don't even have time to go out and go shopping and buy more expensive clothes. It was just this really weird thing where I was like, I am doing my job so well. I don't care what I look like. And it was this really big wake up call for me. And I think a lot of people are at that. Like if you look at the great resignation right now, it's like one in four people are trying to get out of the job that they're in or like change careers because they're not happy any longer. And I think that we're all waking up to the fact that like we are defining success off of other people's roadmaps Mm. and the directions that they took are not going to get us to where we're going because they're not meant for us. They didn't come from us. And so For me, it's like I unapologetically just show up as myself because honestly, sometimes I'm like, is there another option? Um, I think we're already exhausted enough. And so if we're trying to play the roles that we think people want us to play, we're never actually like stepping into the role of like being not just the extra in our own lives, but like the leading character in our own lives. Oh, my gosh. Man, Jenna, you're preaching. You're preaching. (laughs) I know people listening to this episode right now is like snapping fingers and saying amen. Mm. I know I am because the thing about it, and you touched on this, is like for myself, just speaking for myself, it's like when I have in the past tried to show up as something different because I'm going to be real. Like it's kind of the same thing in the personal development space. When I first started in 2010, you know, there was a, you know, there was a different type of style, you know, it was more professional, yes. more, you know, you have to talk like this and look like that. And I didn't really feel like I fit in and I tried to do that, but I didn't feel yep. power in that because that wasn't me. And the thing that I promised myself is that, you know, I'm going to be me because of this. I want people to fall in love, right. Or to, to support the, the real version of Trent. And if the yes. real version of me is not enough for you, then I'm not for you. And I think there's so many people in this mm-hmm. world that have conformed who they are and those people fall in love with that version of them. And then once they get to know the real version, they're like, I don't like this person. So my thing um, that I want to tell everybody listening to this podcast is you are enough for the people that are meant to, to Mm. benefit from your life, to benefit from your mission. And I want to transition with this question because there's a lot of people that want to show up as themselves, right? There are a lot of people that want to have the baby on the live or could have the dogs barking, but they have so many insecurities. And we live in a social media world of perfection. I call it the prison of perfection where everybody thinks they have to be perfect. So for you, how were you able, or what advice would you give to people out there that, you know, how can they show up as them? Is there something that was a big realization for you. Like for me, I future think and I think about, man, if I don't show up for myself now and do the things, I'm going to get to 60 years old, 70 years old, probably 10 years from now. I'm not, well, yeah. 10 years from now, I'll probably be 47. I'll get to there and <laughs> I'll look back and be like, people are like, dang, Trey, you are 50? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, look back, I'll look back and be like, man, like, I missed I it. regret, yeah, not mm-hmm. being myself. So like, mm-hmm. what advice would you give to somebody out there? Yeah, I love this question, Trent. One thing, have you ever looked back at an old photo? I'm curious if guys do this because I know women do this. Have you ever looked back at an old photo of yourself and remembered a specific insecurity you had? 
Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And then you look back with these eyes, today's eyes, and you're like, if only he knew how incredible he was, if only he knew how strong he looked, if only he knew. And I feel like that's exactly how you and I live where it's like, no, 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 I am not going to look back on my life and think I missed it, whether it's parenthood or opportunities or creating our own opportunities or whatever that is. But one of the things that I think is so powerful, and I think it's my superpower to be honest, is that I have taken the things that I've been insecure about and transformed them into my superpowers. Here's what I mean by this. I think that a lot of times we try to hide parts of ourselves, the parts that are uncomfortable, the parts that we are worried that if someone calls us out on it, it's being weaponized against us and the whole world will find out that we're not perfect. But perfect is the least relatable thing you could aspire to be. Perfect will not create connection in your life. Perfect is going to make people want to turn away from you. And the more real you can keep it, the more real connection you can invite into your life. And it's so crazy because the more that I share about the things that I'm tempted to hide or the things that I'm struggling with or the things that I'm like, oh, if anyone knew, the more that I get real connection with other people who are in it. And if we're going to go through life, we might as well be in our lives, right? Like we don't want to just like pass through it. And so it's fascinating to me. So for example, I've always been slightly insecure because my husband, who you know, who you've gone on runs with is in pristine (laughs) shape, right? Like he is like a Greek God. He really loves health. Well, (laughs) I love that about him, but that's not me. And I was always super insecure about the fact that like I'm curvier And he's super fit. And I always felt like we looked mismatched. Like I just assumed that people were judging us of like, oh, how did she get a guy like him? And one day on Instagram, someone sent me that message. And it was my deepest seated fear that everyone was thinking that, even though probably no one was. And I responded to that one person. And that post ended up going everywhere. It went viral so fast. And it was crazy to me because it was something that I'd hid this insecurity I'd hid for years. And it became this launch pad for me to connect with people and be vulnerable on something that I never monetized that I just have a mission for to help people feel more comfortable in their own skin. And so it's crazy to me because when we talk about insecurities or not feeling like we're able to show up fully, a lot of the times when we lean in and answer that question, like, how are you really? And we're honest through being honest, it invites honesty to come back. And I think that connection, true vulnerable connection can only come through honesty. And so for people that are afraid to be vulnerable, you are holding back probably what could become your superpower by hiding the things that will likely connect you far more than being perfect ever will. Your transparency leads to your transformation. It's something that I've always said over and over and over. And you just hit the nail on the head. Like you explained that to the T. And I, I want to ask you this. This is totally yeah. off subject topic. Yeah. But I think this is powerful because in your relationship, in your marriage, right? Well, you talked about that. Yeah. Like Drew, Drew is, yes, Drew is like gonna, yeah, he's off the chain. Like we share whoop things. I'm yeah. like, dang, like this kid <laughs> is killing it. <laughs> and so, so, but just on the opposite, like the expectations people have for for spouses to be alike. So even with Maria, right? Maria has her own way of living life and doing things, right? She's not in the fitness as much as I am, or I'm not into certain yeah. things as much as she is, or people expect her to be some motivational person. 
Um, so maybe even that's on Drew. Like, you know, they expect Drew to be, you know, a super marketer like you and inspiration. So like, yeah. how, how have you dealt with that and navigated that? Like, what would you advise people out there that, you know, they're getting the pressure from the outside world for each spouse to be exactly the same? Oh my gosh, Trent. I literally was going to tell you that we should talk about this because I always think about our partners because so yeah. much when we're together, we're like talking about how we could not do what we do without them. And right. both of our partners are exceptional parents and they're so supportive and they're so understanding to our creative tendencies. Um, but it's really interesting because we live in the Midwest. Drew's a stay at home dad to our two daughters and we've had to fight stigmas over and over and over again. And for a while we would get frustrated in that. And now we just look at each other and smile. And there's yeah. this part in my book where I talk about having a shared vision and the importance of having that shared vision as a partnership, whatever your partnership looks like, if it's a friendship, a relationship, a marriage, whatever that is, and having that shared vision, because there are going to be times on the journey where things get so dark and you need someone else to hold the light up and say, remember this, it's going to be worth it. We're almost there. You got to keep going. And so it's so fascinating to me because where I'm weak, he is strong. Where he is strong, I am weak. And we're not running this like a relay race. We're running it like teammates alongside of each other. And I think a lot of times it's like couples keep score. And I don't remember a lot from our wedding day. We were 23. I feel like that day was a blur, but I remember the pastor telling us we used to play cribbage. Have you ever played cribbage, Trent? It's like the card game with the pegboard. Okay. It must be a Minnesota thing. <laughs> and we used to, we have this board and on the back of it, we used to keep score on who could win. Mm -hmm. And our pastor on our wedding day was like, from now on, there is no keeping score. You guys are teammates in this thing called mm -hmm. life. You are working towards that shared vision. And so I think it's so fascinating because it's like, we don't care what things look like. We don't care what our roles might appear to be. We're good in that. We're going to keep that shared vision. And if we need to glance at each other and give that little knowing smile, when someone asks Drew, like what he does for work, or they turn to me and they're confused about how I'm the breadwinner, we just look at each other and smile because we know we're clinging to that same shared vision and better than clinging to it, we're living it out. Oh my gosh, yeah. Keeping score in relationships will ruin a relationship because when you're keeping so score, fast. somebody's winning, somebody's losing. I always say, even in arguments, you know what I mean? You know this, like, yes. I don't care if you win the argument, it's still a yes. loss, right? If, if you don't get yes. to some type of solution. And so I think in relationships, that's a big thing. Like, we keep scores so much and it ends up making the other person feel like they're less. And even in our relationship, mm -hmm. like we break the whole society norms of like, oh, Maria should be cooking. No, if I'm, I can cook, <laughs> I can clean. She yes. can do this, she can do that. And we work together as, 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 as partners. And I think that's very, very important to kind yeah. of transition a little bit because I want to get back to the loneliness um, um, topic a yeah. little bit. And I want to ask you a few questions on this. And I feel like a lot of people, whether it's, you know, are so afraid to ask for help, are so afraid to yes. say they need help, are so afraid to say how they're really doing. And I and I talked about this before, but I think it's obviously it's a lot of reasons, but it's always four main reasons I feel like that people don't ask for help or don't open up or stay lonely. Number one, I feel like we feel at times that nobody understands, right? When we're going through things, nobody understands yeah. what I'm going through. It's the biggest lie that we tell ourselves, but we believe that. The second thing is we feel like nobody really is going to care, you know, because maybe we've experienced that in our past where 
the people we thought should care really didn't care. So that becomes our yeah. story. The third thing is we don't want to burden other people, right? Man, everybody has their own situations, their own problems, so I'm just keep this to myself. And the last thing I think is the big thing is that so many people, and I get this a lot from people, is they're afraid to trust. They're afraid yes. to say how they're really doing because I always say that private information becomes, private conversations become public information. So, like, what's your take on all of that? Like, how do yeah. people become comfortable in, in saying that they're alone or open up and saying that they need help or open up and saying how they're really doing? What would you say to mm-hmm. that? So the first thing is, is I think you have to find a space that's safe. And I remember um, when on our journey to become parents, we had two losses prior to having our daughter Coco. And I remember this instance so clearly. I was at the grocery store. It was the heat of summer. I had my hands on my belly. Coco was inside. And the lady asked me like, oh, is this your first? And it was a cashier. And I was like, Okay, I'm not going to tell her my entire history about, no, this is actually my third pregnancy and I've been through all these things. And I remember just saying, yep, it is, and smiling. And there's this piece of me that felt so out of alignment because I was like, no, everyone needs to know what I've been through because they're only seeing the finished product. And the problem is, is that that's all we're seeing these days is the finished product, right? right? Like people are only surfacing (laughs) after they've come through, they've got the lesson, they've got it figured out and done. But we're not able to support people at the finish line, we need the help in the race in the middle. And so while the cashier at the grocery store might not want to hear that entire story, there has to be people in your life that can. And the way to find those people is to go first. And what I mean by that is to not let things sit at the surface, to really dig in and say, how are you really? And a practice that I've been doing that's been so helpful for something tactical is that a lot of times we take what we see on the internet at face value, or we project our own experiences on other people. So for example, when I had my second daughter, I got such an array of text messages. I should have screenshotted them because half of them were like, oh my God, the perfect cuddly newborn. And then half of them were like, oh my God, the sleepless nights. And when people were projecting their own experience, nobody was asking me, how are you doing and how can I support you? I could have been on top of the world and gotten one of those, oh, those are the hard days and been like, no, they're not. Or I could have got one of those, oh, this is the best when I'm struggling and felt more isolated. And so we have to be better at giving people space to really share. And so I've literally been texting people and saying, hey, checking in on you on a scale of one to 10, one being miserable, 10 being on top of the world. Where are you at today? So I know how to support you accordingly. And even just sending that opens it up for people to say, I'm at a one, I need encouragement, or I'm at a 10. Will you celebrate with me? Because so often we don't feel comfortable sharing those things because we're not provided the space. So if we can be the people that create those spaces, we can also be the people that can step into them when they're reciprocated back to us. Oh my gosh. Um, That's it. You know, that is it. Because I think when we ask, I know when we ask those questions, um, it allows that safe space because you're right. I feel like so many people don't feel like they have a safe space anymore. And it's more for the person listening to this. You might be going through it, but it's more on the other end to make sure you're that safe space for people, to make sure you're that safe yes. space that somebody can go to. And it's so important you do that. I mean, you ask those questions mm-hmm. all the time and um, that's something that you inspire me to do. When it came to writing your book, and yeah. there's a lot of people listening that want to write books and say, we all have stories inside of us. But I know this in writing my two books and I had some self, uh, some self published books that you always 
find something as you're writing in the book that you need or that has opened something up inside of you. Mm -hmm. What was that for you? Or was that even true for you? Yeah. So it's really interesting. Um, I find that all the time, even when we're like doing growth day teachings or like anything, there's like a topic in my life. And then I'm like, and life is taking me to school right now. (laughs) Thank you world. (laughs) Um, but for me, what was so fascinating is I said, I would never write a book. And I was so sure of that. And one of the most beautiful things I've just continually welcomed into my life is the ability to contradict myself and to change. And I think we are so resistant of changing. There's this idea of something called identity foreclosure. And Trent, you've actually been through this. You probably are one of the best examples with your football career of like, that was your identity. And you're holding on to that piece because you're like, who am I without this? I I know your story so well. And there's also identity foreclosure around when we change our mind and we say, you know, I'm not this person, but now I am, or I am becoming different, or I'm changing careers, or I'm changing relationships, or I'm changing my mind on something that I was so sure on. And what was so interesting about the book for me is that I promised myself, if I'm going to write this thing and the messages in these pages, I'm going to live it every single step of the way. And I've had to really, really stand true in that. So for example, when I did my audiobook, they're like, we're going to need you to fly out five days, you know, stay in a hotel. It'll be in a studio. And I was like, I have two babies. I'm not willing to do that. And I was like, let me call my neighbor who runs a local radio station. I'm going to see if they have a sound booth. And my cousin, he's a DJ here. Maybe he can do the audio engineering. Then I was able to be at home, record it in two That's days, so do it in my hometown and, and make it happen. And same thing when we were shooting the cover of my book, I'm like, I don't want to go to a studio. I want my family to be involved. We're going to shoot it under the awning of our deck. All figured out. I used to be a photographer. We got this. And my kids were running in and out of the shots. And I look so much more alive in the photos because it fit what I wanted to do. And so it's so beautiful when we can be in alignment with whatever it is in our lives, because it just shows through whether it's on the pages or the photos or just in your experiences with people. It's so evident when somebody is in alignment and energized and it's contagious. And that's what I love about it the most. Ah, man. Alignment is everything. Alignment always says like medicine to the soul. You know, when you're able to just everything is working out. Everything feels great. I feel like personally, I'm in a place of alignment in my life right now, just holistically. And there's nothing better than that because the creativity just flows. It's like you're not having to force it. It just comes out. And speaking about creativity, um, you're a social media. um, I don't know what you're an expert. I don't know what title that you do for that. Right. But (laughs) you're a beast on social media. Um, you know, social media, I'm sure has changed your life, but Mm -hmm. I know this about social media, that there are a lot of external pressures, a lot of external expectations for you to show up, for you to talk about certain things for you. You know, people feel like, and I talk about this openly, so nobody's going to get offended, but people feel like, you know, just because they support you, that they kind of own you and you have to talk about this or you have to respond to this. And I know I got to a point in my social media journey that I was like, man, I am here to for my mission and my purpose. I'm not going to be a slave to requests. I'm not going to be a slave to expectations. So yeah. I want to ask you, because there are a lot of people listening to this that, you know, are addicted to social media, whether they are social media influencers or they're just scrolling all day long. They, a lot of their value depends on social media. How yeah. have you dealt with those external pressures to always show up? Or do you have a system to say, you know what, if I don't feel like it, I'm not showing up or, you know, how does that work for you? I'm just curious. 
Yeah, I love this. So my past life, I was a wedding photographer, so I love photography. But I have created this rule in my life when it comes to social media to never post in real time. And here's why. Mm. If I'm in a moment that is so important that I want to capture it, then I should be living in that moment. I shouldn't be on captioning, hashtagging, tagging things. I should just be in that moment. So if I want to just take a picture of it and set my phone aside, awesome. That's great. I have gotten into this practice where I ask myself, is this a good time to be online? Are my kids Mm. looking for me for attention? Is my husband wanting to have a conversation? Is this a good time? And more times than not, it's not a good time, right? Like there are so many things if we lift up our eyes from our screens, there are so many things that are happening that we're missing. And so what I do is I'll take pictures, videos, whatever, and set my phone aside. I even go as far because I'm a photographer to only shoot photos on my camera for the reason that I have to be so intentional about taking the photo, turning the camera off, and I can't take it any steps further until it is a good time. And I think that it really has changed my relationship with social media because it's not this pressure of if you don't post it, it didn't happen. It's this reality of when I go to share, I can ask myself, who is this serving? Why am I sharing this? And how can this matter to somebody else? Because our photos and videos are these tiny little snapshots of our lives. And they can't matter to other people unless we give them context to make them matter. And so if it's an ego boost, it's going to be hard for you to answer the question, how does this serve anyone other than myself? And when we get to that point, it's really important for us to say, why am I sharing this in the first place? And if it's not to serve and connect or further the mission, then it's probably just meant to live on your camera roll for your own enjoyment later. Oh, that is so powerful. Um, I think that changes the conversation, uh, I mean, just around social media with people, because most people always say you're doing it for probably the wrong reason. If you're thinking about, will they like this necessarily? Right. I feel like it isn't coming from the purest place. Like I've gotten to a place now where, you know, that's still there, you know, when you have viral stuff and all of that. But I've realized over time that, you know, numbers and everything doesn't please your internal soul. So I'm always asking myself now, like, what purpose does this have, right? Um, how is this going to serve other people? Just like you said, and it's taken a lot of pressure off of trying to create some viral, off of trying to post the right things. And I ask myself, even do I like it? Like, do I want to put this yes. out into the world? Because sometimes we have something that we like and we're like, nah, I'm not going to post it because nobody else is going to like it. And you said something that's powerful that I think we all struggle with at times is we're so addicted to looking down on our phone that mm-hmm. we miss so many moments. Like we're so mm-hmm. addicted to those that like us that we miss moments with those that truly love us. And yeah. this last year has taught me more than ever to put down my phone more. People think that I'm on social media all the time. I tell people, man, I am rarely on there. Like I get on there yep. at times to post. And it's funny because you, I got to tell this story and I'm going to be yeah. careful because maybe they're listening. So it's funny because <laughs> the real time stuff is real because I go live a lot and I'll post like I'm here, I'm there. And, you know, I'm just like, whatever. And I literally had a situation where someone pulled up on me and I didn't even realize. And they're like, oh, yeah, I just saw mm. that you were here because I, and it was the most awkward thing in the world. The energy was just weird. Like it was yeah. it wasn't always like some like, hey, I support you, you know, but it was just weird. So at that moment, I was like, yes. I'm going to post it when I leave or if I'm live, yes. I'm not going to get my exact location. So I think yes. that's like very, very important. Um, yeah. So for you, 
as like you're moving forward in your career, you're moving forward with yeah. your the Gold Digger podcast, which is incredible, y'all. Make sure you, I was actually mm-hmm. listening to it on my run today. It was a powerful episode. Aww. I forgot the lady's name that you had, but she was talking about yeah. peace and it's a powerful Aww. episode. Um, as you move forward um, with your life um, and with everything that you're doing, I'm just curious because you have the external success, right? You yep. have, I believe, the internal success too. Mm-hmm. But I ask every guest this question, like what fulfills Jenna? Like what does fulfillment yeah. mean to you? Yeah. Fulfillment to me is peace in my life and like peace in my heart. And I'm at such a beautiful place. And I'm so, the reason why I'm so excited about this book is, and you kind of touched on it. Cause you're like, I could call you like a marketing expert or whatever. And I have learned that all of my love and desire for strategy was just the vehicle to earn me the freedom of choice and the decision Mm -hmm. for peace in my life. And I love Drew and I often talk about you when we say like protect your peace, because that is how you are moving through life. Like it's not just one factor. It is literally how you do everything in your life. And when you are coming at things from a peaceful place, the pursuit is fun. It's not about putting the finish line further and further out so that you never reach it. It's literally the power of the pursuit. And it's so fascinating to me because I'm so excited about this book because I've just recognized that all of my giftings in business, I love business. I love strategy. I love marketing, but they were literally just the vehicles to help me live the type of life I wanted to live. The life stuff is what I'm really passionate about and living life is what I'm passionate about. And so I am always evaluating, how can I do this at a peaceful pace? How can we push back against this notion of hustle culture? How can we back up the manifestors with the work? How can we help connect such polarizing ideologies in this pursuit of achievement to really bridge the gap? And I really believe that I live in this place in the middle where it's like both and you can hustle and rest. You can manifest and you can work. You can do all of these things. And it's kind of like where the woo meets the work. And how can we do this in a way that feels good, that doesn't just look good? And that's where I'm at today. And honestly, I don't have, I'm at a place in my life, which is so wild that I don't have to do anything. So anything you see me doing is out of pure desire and delight. And that to me is success. Ah, man, that is so beautiful. And you put it like, Perfectly. You know, we live in a world, Mm. like you said, where it's either one or the other, but it is about that. You know, one of my biggest fears, and I talk about this openly, is that, you know, um, and I've experienced this in my life where, you know, you get to a point of quote unquote success and you still feel like a failure. Right. And what I mean Mm -hmm. by that is that you have the world, but your inner world still isn't isn't right. You know, I talked about this in my Instagram story today. So many of us, and I say us because I've been there at a point. Um, as humans, yep. we think that we're missing something. So we're like, I need yeah. more of this, more of that. Some people probably watch you and look at you and say, man, yes. I need more of that and more of this. And the thing that I've realized is that the more that you're seeking is never enough. You know, once yes. you get the more, it's something called hedonic adaptation. Once you get it, it, it wears off, you get used to it. And then you're still de- uh, dealing with the lows in your life. And so mm-hmm. as we transition off this episode, which is went super fast, I could talk to you for hours. Um, <laughs> Same. I want to ask you this. There is a person out there, okay, and I'll put it like this. What do you, what's your hope that once the person, human being that needs your book, picks up your book, 
reads the book, digests the book, and gets mm-hmm. to the end of your book. What is the hope that you have that they feel once they finish mm-hmm. your book? I'm just curious. Yeah. So the subtitle is like uncovering your truth one answer at a time. Mm-hmm. And to me, it is, I deeply desire that people begin to trust themselves and to listen to that inner voice. And I think we are coming from a place where we are so sick of taking other people's roadmaps and following them to a T and ending up somewhere that doesn't feel good. And so we have to start looking at what's coming from us and what is meant for us. And I just hope that after somebody reads those pages, it's not coming to my voice or following Jenna's five-step process. It's not about that at all. It's about coming home to yourself and turning up the volume of your intuition so that the next time you hear that whisper, you believe it and you encourage it and you do it. Ah, That's so perfectly put. I'm going to just let it breathe as I always say. (laughs) Jenna, I appreciate you. Um, Everybody listen to this episode. Make sure you get Jenna's book. Make sure you follow her. Make sure you listen to the podcast. And Jenna, go ahead. Let them know exactly where they can get the book, where they can listen to your podcast, everything Mm -hmm. about Jenna. Let them know for me. Mm, So you can grab the book at howareyoureallybook.com. So that's howareyoureallybook.com. We have some fun bonuses there that you can pick up and enjoy. And you can find me at Jenna Kutcher, Instagram Jenna Kutcher, Gold Digger Podcast, all the places. And I... Before we sign off, I just want to speak to you, Trent, because I feel like you and I have been like siblings on this journey together. I feel like we're coming up together and it has been nothing but a treat to not just see you on stage, but it's been even better to know you off stage. And I think that there is such a gift in that because in a world that we live in where people can say one thing and do another, when you find people that live their mission imperfectly but are willing to guide people on that journey it is so refreshing but beyond refreshing it is inspiring so thank you for being that in our lives the Kutcher family is obsessed with you as you know we send voice (laughs) notes this morning um and just thank you so much for this opportunity to be with you today uh Jenna thank you so much man I appreciate you I received that and just promise me one thing man you're going to continue to make the world respect your greatness all right Mm, I'm on it All right. Like we always say, y'all, it all starts with you. It's rehab time. Let's get it. Make sure you get Jenna's book. How are you really? Make sure you support her podcast and make sure you keep making the world respect your greatness. It's rehab time. Let's get it straight up. Hey, what up, y'all? It's that time of the year. Everybody's talking about forming new and healthier habits. Change your habits, change your life, right? Listen, I love it. I'm sure you started some new habits this year. I know I did. But the question is, how are you tracking those habits? Have you ever wondered, like, which habits matter most? Which habits are you tracking daily, weekly, monthly? A lot of people know they need to improve their habits, but let's be real. They don't know where to start. That's why I think you'll love Growth Day. The world's number one, I didn't say two, three, four, number one self-improvement system. Growth Day, what it does is it helps you track proven habits that lead to long-term success, not that short stuff, long-term, lasting change, well-being, and positive relationships. And check this out. You can get a free trial right now at growthday.com. What you measure, you can change. The reason people love Growth Day is that you can score your habits every day, week, month, and when you do... You get targeted classes to improve. 
those habits. When you sign up today, you also get Growth Day's Mindset Journal, wellness challenges, and in-depth personal development courses from the industry's biggest names. And don't forget, I teach live every single month in Growth Day too. You got that right. Yes, every single month I teach a new personal growth topic to help you advance your life. Download Growth Day from the app store on your phone or start your free trial right now at growthday.com. Let's get it. Hey you, I got a question for you. Are you trying to build your community online this year? If not, you should. Without the rehabbers across the world, there would be no trend show in the rehab time. Everyone in business is talking about the power of community because when you get community right, not only does your audience grow faster, but so does your sales. But where is everyone managing their communities these days? A lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to Circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content, create discussions, live streams, group chats, memberships, all under your own brand. And what's cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or a Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked or unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has its 14-day trial free just for you. Go to circle.so. Imagine being able to manage your community, start chat groups and live classes, accept payments, all in one place. If this is the year to capture organize and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. Let's get it.